Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to six, and 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm excited because today I am doing the third in my series called The Homeschool Life. This is a series that I created where I tackle one question, just one question in 15 to 20 minutes um, that... I am commonly asked. Um, you know, a lot of times when a mom asks me a question, it's a question I've heard before, but there are some that really get asked over and over and over again. And so I want to address each of those one at a time because I like to sort of like tear them apart a little bit and really dive in. And and so if I just take one thing and, and spend 15 to 20 minutes on it, I'm able to do that and hopefully bring you up boatload of encouragement by doing that. You know, there's a lot of new homeschooling families out there. And if you are new to homeschooling, welcome. You are in the right place because I'm telling you, if I can do this, you can do this. So as I'm sharing each of these topics, um, my, my, my hope and prayer in all of it is to bring this sort of undergirding to those of you who are just starting out homeschooling. And for those of you who have been doing this for a while, you know, sometimes we just need reminders of things that we've heard before. So I am sure that you will find encouragement in this series as well. I have two podcasts that I publish every week, uh, The Homeschool Life is one. And the other one is a little bit longer where I bring on special guests to talk about lots and lots of different topics. Um, Recently, I had uh, Jamie Erickson from Homeschool Bravely. She wrote that book and that has been a very popular book because it's a very... um, empowering, for for lack of a better term. It's just a a book that encourages you to walk, not just limp along with homeschooling, but to walk boldly and courageously in what is right for your family. And I love that. Um, This week, I'm having uh, Sam Black on, and he is from Covenant Eyes. We're going to be talking about protecting our kids from pornography. So I talk about lots of different topics, but they're all related to family life and to the homeschool life. So I hope that you'll dial in and listen each week. And if you have not subscribed to my blog yet, I would encourage you to do that because right now, when you go to that page, there'll be a pop-up that invites you to subscribe. And when you do that, you will receive access to my audiobook, The Unhurried Homeschooler, for free. Now, some of you have read my simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, but if you haven't, this would be great for you because you can listen first and then decide if you want to buy the hard copy. The hard copy is only $6.99 on Amazon. It's a quick read, but I think um, many moms have told me it's it's often one that they read over and over again, maybe even once, twice, three, four times a year to help remind them why they're doing what they're doing. So I hope you'll check that out. Um, The other thing you could do is you could um, subscribe from the platform that you're listening to. So if you're listening from iTunes or Overcast or Spotify, um, you can subscribe from there as well. And um, as you're listening, if you have a chance to leave uh, a one or two sentence comment or and review, uh, that would be fantastic because what that does is it allows the system to kick my podcast out to more moms so more moms are encouraged. And be sure to tell your friends about it. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic. Today's topic is the homeschool life. Am I qualified? 
I can tell you, moms, that this is probably the number one concern when parents are considering homeschooling or have decided to homeschool. And even those of us who uh, begin to homeschool and we've been doing this for a while, you know, we run into different things with our kids that we didn't expect and we begin to question whether or not we are qualified for this job. So I want to tackle this topic today and give you a lot of encouragement because here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Um, it seems as if uh, it doesn't seem to matter if a mom or a parent has a PhD or they're a high school dropout. They all have a certain amount of fear and trepidation, and a lot of it is relatively the same, believe it or not. Because when it comes to teaching your own children, even if you are a teacher. Um, Something's very different about it. And so even the people who were teachers by profession before they started homeschooling their kids are nervous about homeschooling and often struggle um, because they learned to homes- they learned to um, teach a classroom a certain way, but suddenly they realize that way might not work well with their own children at home in the home setting. So um, I also want to address... Um, I always like to ask the question, why? You know, whenever I hear that this question is um, so widely asked and is, and the, the concern and the fear um, is the same across the board, I have to ask myself, why? And I, you know, when you think about it, and I think you'll probably agree with me on this, um, we have been told since the very beginning that we needed experts to teach our children, right? And I, and I put that in quotes, quote unquote, experts who have been trained in education, okay? There is some validity, obviously, to that training. Um, obviously, there are wonderful, lovely teachers out there who are so gifted. And I have been the blessed recipient of many of those. So I don't want to um, minimize or diminish the value of uh, of a teaching diploma or a teaching degree, but I want to bring it down to the home. I want to bring it down to the parent-child relationship. And here's the thing. We're being told and have been told in the area of education, but also in many other areas when it comes to medical decisions that we just simply aren't qualified. We don't have what it takes. We don't have the same knowledge as experts. And the problem with that is there is an element of truth to that. Sometimes we need input. Sometimes we need someone to speak into the situation and give us wisdom and counsel. But the bottom line is, moms, that the responsibility for our children, whether it's their education, their spiritual life, um, their uh, medical decisions, their physical well-being, mentally, physically, mentally, sorry, I'm repeating myself, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, the care of our children falls squarely on the shoulders of parents. And the reason that I can say that is because it is a God-given role. When God chooses to make you the parent of your children, whether they are biological, adopted, or foster, 
the responsibility for them falls on your shoulders. That means that if you choose and you make the decision that you're going to send them to school, that you are trusting that every person that interacts with your child or who is in charge of your child is trustworthy, that they're actually worthy of that trust and they are worthy of taking on um, that that role in our kids' lives. We are allowing those people, whether they're peers, teachers, um, whatever, to speak into our children's lives. Somebody described it like this. Think of your child as a journal. And every person that you allow to speak and to participate in your child's life, you're essentially handing the pen to that person to write in part of your child's story. And there are people that are very worthy of that who are wonderful and should be part of your children's story. But do you know who all these people are? When we send our children to school, um, do we know the kind of influence? Truly, do we know the kind of influence that they are under? Okay, so I, I, I'm, I'm telling you all of this and I'm, I'm opening all of this up because I think it's important for us to understand um, that the role of parenting and caring for our children, all aspects of it, the responsibility falls on our shoulders. And what I want to say in addition to that, which is this is the point of, of everything I just said, is that if God puts that responsibility on you, don't you think that he is going to equip you for it? Now, this doesn't mean that you have to know everything about everything to teach your children, because I can tell you I don't know everything about everything, and my children, seven of whom have graduated, um, have talents and giftings that are very different than mine, and I didn't teach them those. The point is that we are, in, in many senses, facilitating their education, so we're tuned in with our kids, and we are watching we're a student of our children. We're watching, we're, we're praying, we're asking the Lord for wisdom, and we're just following this sort of daily leading. And God brings opportunities along. Let me tell you, you pray for them, God brings them along. But our role is kind of just to facilitate that as God orchestrates it. So this fear that we have is really quite unfounded. Um, Again, I will. I, I want to say that other people can speak into our lives. Professionals can speak into our lives. Experts can speak, but we get to decide whether it's a good fit for our kids or not. So just understand that. Um, and the reason that I can say all of this with so much confidence is because I know for a fact that you as the parent of your child love your child more than anyone. Who loves them more than you do? Who has their best interests in mind more than you do? And who cares more about their future than you do? Parents, seriously, your love and concern for your child outweighs um, any degree that's out there. Because you can facilitate your children's learning. And, and one of the other reasons that I can say this is because I'm going to tell you, you know, I use the word expert. You, parent, are the expert in your child. And you're probably sitting back and going, 
how how can she even say that? That doesn't. I, I'm not. I don't think that's true. You know, we we don't feel like we're the expert because we're constantly learning new things and constantly changing and having our kids are changing and they're going through new seasons and we always feel like we're facing something new. But here is the truth of the matter. It is a well accepted fact that if you spend ten thousand hours doing something, you are considered an expert in that field. By the time your child, listen closely, by the time your child is six years old, the average parent has spent 16,000 hours with their child. And I did the math and that breaks down to being um, 13,000 hours when they are five years old and ready to enter kindergarten. So that makes you the expert in your child. You don't have to be the expert in everything. You do not have to be the expert in your friend's children. You don't have to be the expert in math or language arts. You just need to be the expert in your child. Don't you love that? Here's the thing that we often forget as well. And that is that kids are natural learners. Think about it. They're born, and you, you, you start to see them so quickly begin to imitate facial expressions. And if, if you've ever seen some of those things that they do with newborns where they stick their tongue out, and the newborn will eventually start to mimic that, God made it so that children are natural learners. They are curious by nature. Now, they have their own ways of learning, a lot of times, and that often doesn't fall into the uh, traditional classroom setting scenario. And and if you're you've had children who have struggled, you know exactly what I mean. They just learn a different way. And if you're the expert in your child, you can help them find their way. The thing that's great about kids is often if you give them enough time and space, they will make their own way means you have to be patient and you have to allow them that margin, allow them that time and space. But this is how my kids learned how they learned, by me letting them learn things on their own. Now, I'm not saying you never teach them anything because obviously children, as the scriptures say, are born foolish and they need to grow in wisdom. That happens slowly over time and as opportunities come up. But the most teachable moments are the moments when your children are fully engaged, when you can tell when the little wheels are turning and they're totally into what they're doing, whether that's building Legos, looking at a dinosaur book, uh, pulling something apart, doing something out in the dirt, checking out bugs. You know, they have this natural desire to learn about things. And what happens is they naturally begin to want to do the things that the educators say that they should do, like learn to read and write and do basic math. Eventually, the need for those things comes up and we can integrate that learning, um, that basic stuff into the things that they're already interested in. But because they are natural learners and curious by nature, you can actually let them do a lot of self-led learning. And in the early years, especially, oh my goodness, spend time outside, spend time in nature, spend time doing things together, baking and doing Play-Doh and just doing life alongside of each other, um, doing chores together, dishes together. We think 
that's all like extra on top of everything else we're supposed to be doing. But I'm telling you, it is such a big part of their education. My daughter shared a video with me the other day with her three children all unloading the dishwasher together. They are five and four and one. Or excuse me, five and three and one. And um, it was fascinating to watch them. They had this little system. Um, The little one-year-old would take the silverware out and hand it to the five-year-old who was putting it away. And the four-year-old or three-year-old was taking um, the cups out of the dishwasher and unloading them into a different cupboard on the other side of the dishwasher. But they had this little system going. And you know what's going on there? Just for an example, um, what's going on there is they're learning hand-eye coordination, organization, um, uh, the whole idea about um, spatial uh, reasoning, where they're where they're telling where th- where things are coming from and where they need to go, um, th- there is so much going on. They're learning teamwork. They're learning communication. Do you see what's happening there? Everyday life. Include them. Bring them alongside of you. Oh my goodness! It is the the very very best. And in the meantime, you make amazing memories together. And you can do all of this in an unhurried way. And this is why I wrote The Unhurried Homeschooler, because I really want parents to understand the joy of homeschooling and the freedom that we have in homeschooling and how we don't have to rush into schoolwork, but we can just take it a step at a time as our children are ready for it. And if you know your child, you can kind of tell when they're ready to start reading you can ask other moms. Um, you can, you know, um, obviously find some resources if you need help understanding what that might look like. But if you, you know, really, honestly, if you know your child, you're probably going to be able to tell. So enjoy the fact that children are natural learners and curious by nature. I think that God, He intentionally, um, He intended for that to be because He wanted to make our job easier. Right? So we teach our kids to walk and talk and eat with a fork and and do all these things, kick a ball. Um, And yet, when it comes time to learn how to read, we freeze up and we think all of a sudden we're not qualified. It's like some sort of flip has switched. Where did that come from? The natural course of things for would be for you to continue to teach your child. And if you run into an obstacle, you figure it out, right? As a parent, we don't stop parenting because we've run into an obstacle. We don't stop being their parents. We figure out how to overcome the obstacle, apply that same tenacity to homeschooling. And I'm telling you, you are going to rock this. So one of the things that I felt very strongly about when we first started homeschooling our kids, I just, in my heart, I knew that our kids were natural learners and were curious by nature. And you know what? I assumed my kids were smart. I knew that they would be intelligent. So if you've been told something else, you need to kick that to the curb because your child has special gifts. Your child has a special place in this world. Every single child does. And this is why they're not fitting into that plan, into that traditional school setting, which has, I'm, I'm sorry, even the teachers will tell you, has become a sad, sad state of affairs. 
in so many ways. And this is not the teacher's fault. Their hands have been tied. There are some amazing teachers out there that my dream would be to say, here are kids. Now, take this thing that you're passionate about, if it's history or whatever, and teach however you want to teach. And I'm telling you, they would rock the classroom, but they don't have that kind of freedom. But guess what? You do as a parent. Get together with other parents who have passions and let them teach. Teach each other's kids these things. There's so many ways you can do this. I have a podcast on um, starting a small co-op. Go and listen to that because that is super helpful. Um, So this whole idea that kids are natural learners, curious by nature, they want to learn. Our job is just not to burn them out, which is what has happened so many times in the school system when we push our kids into too much schoolwork too soon and we overload them by the time they're in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, they don't want to learn anymore. We have burnt out this lovely gift that God has given our children that's supposed to be for their benefit and for the benefit of those trying to teach them and to lead them through their education. So I knew this when we first started homeschooling. I thought, you know what? My kids are smart. Every one of them is going to be gifted. Everyone's going to have a special purpose and a plan, and God knows what that plan is. So I am not going to try to make them into my project. I am just going to give them the basics. I'm going to make sure that at the end of the day, the end of their school career, you know, K through 12, that they know how to read, write, uh, do basic math. And, uh, you know, that they can, they can write notes, you know, obviously that's become necessary because of all the emailing and typing, you know, um, kids don't want to write anymore. So I, you know, I just, I said, you got to just learn how to write so you can write a note to somebody, you know, we, we still end up having to write. So my, my, my point here is that we provide, I provided a basic framework for our kids. And this was the beauty of how we homeschooled and it worked so well for our family. And again, it's not for everybody, but I'm throwing it out there as something to consider and also to say that I'm 25 years down the road, seven kids graduated, and it has worked for every single one of them. So provide the basic framework. Be content with making sure that they have some basic math, some writing or copy work, depending on their age, um, and reading. And I'm telling you, if they have those things solid, they have mastered that in basic math, your kids can do anything because here's the bottom line. In order to function in the world, right? Percentages, decimals, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and um, I'm thinking of one more, percentages, decimals, uh, fractions. Yeah, And, and then addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. If they know all of those, they can do any level of upper math, right? Because those, those are the basic skills they need to do those, right? And so my point in doing this was I wanted to give them margin in their days to let them be self-led in their learning, to pursue their interests. And that was usually in the afternoons. We usually had the mornings where we got the basics done and the afternoons they had free time, two to three hours. Um, and the, the rule was that they had to be productive. They couldn't be, they, I didn't want them to be consumers during that time. So in other words, they're not going to veg out in front, of, in front of a video game. I'm not saying they can't play video games, but I minimized the amount of time because I wanted them doing things with their hands, especially in the early years. I wanted them to um, 
just get their hands on real life stuff and just to try lots of different things out. Because here's the thing, if you give them the basic framework and then let them fill in the cracks, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. My kids have all said they appreciated doing the have-tos in the mornings, the basic stuff in the mornings, because knowing that they had that free time in the afternoon is what motivated them. It was what motivated them to get it done on time. And so my point in saying all of this is that God doesn't call the qualified. I do not have a degree. I have a high school diploma. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So if God has called you to this, he is going to qualify you along the way. So if you have a third grader right now and you're freaking out about high school, please stop. Don't waste time in um, worrying about the future and miss out on enjoying this day, this week, this month, this school year with your child or your children in this season of life. Parents, enjoy your kids. Kids who are enjoyed, who know that their their parents enjoy them, feel valued. They feel as though they have something worthwhile to offer. You are qualified. You are qualified to to oversee your kids' education, to walk with them through it. And here's the last thing I want to say to you. Don't work from a place of fear. Work from a place of strength. Every, every single one of us has strengths that we bring to the table. And we tend to focus on the things we feel like we can't do. What can you do? What are you good at? For instance, one of my giftings is I'm an encourager and I love words. So when I'm speaking to my children along the way, I had to, the Lord had to remind me, use your gifting on the children. Use your giftings to bless your husband, to bless your family. I'm good at encouraging other people, but sometimes I would forget to encourage my own family. So don't forget to use your giftings with your own kids. If you're good at math, man, have fun with it. You bring math to the table. Rock it. Enjoy it. Don't fuss about what you don't know. There are There is so much available to us out there now for helps that we do not need to fret about this. But remember to, um, to give your kids the basic framework. Let them fill in the cracks. Work from a place of strength. I have told parents before, if you just taught your kids everything that you know, everything you know, they would be equipped for life, right? You are functioning in the adult world, right? So why couldn't you, why wouldn't you be the best person to teach your children how to be an adult? And this happens slowly over time. Obviously, we don't expect a five-year-old to act like a 15-year-old or a 20-year-old. But my point is you have strengths to offer. Don't forget that. Don't waste your time comparing Bring those strengths to the table. Teach your kids as much as you can of everything that you know. Pray over it. Pray over their education. God is faithful to bring mentors. And um, God has brought so many people into our lives that we didn't even pray for, honestly, that he just brought because God cares about our kids more than we do. And if we are just walking in obedience to him and we're seeking his heart for our families and we are just 
focusing on having a strong, cohesive family life and keeping those, keeping those strings tied tightly, because this is what gives our kids a foundation. The best gift you can give your kids is a good, solid family life, something stable, a place where they feel safe. Because here's the thing, they will learn more if they feel safe to experiment, safe to make mistakes. You can give that to them, parents, and you can give them the gift of childhood. The last um, homes- the homeschool life episode was on the power um, of the gift of childhood. I encourage you to go and listen to that. And here's the last thing I want to say. Be willing to learn alongside your kids. Be teachable. The first thing that happens is our kids learn They see modeled for them what lifelong learning looks like. I look at my kids and say, look, I'm on your team. Whenever we were kind of butting heads about schoolwork, I'm on your side. Let's figure this out together. Um, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing, but you you can help me. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you think we should do better. Work as a team. And my goodness, your kids will learn so much. So just have a teachable heart, work from a place of strength, um, provide them with that basic framework, let them fill in the cracks, remember that they're natural learners and curious by nature, let that flow, give them that safe space and that safe place um, to do that. Um, Remember that you love your kids more than anyone. You have their best interest in mind. You care more about their future than anyone. And you are the one who will go to the ends of the earth to help facilitate their education. So don't be afraid. You are qualified. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that in just your goodness to us, you have given these children to us. You have called us to homeschool. Lord, I thank you that you are our provider. Lord, I thank you that you made it so natural for us to want to teach our children. And that it is, it is a fact that warm, loving, engaged parents are the best facilitators or teachers or the people to oversee their kids' education. Lord, you made it that way. It's natural for us to do that. Homeschooling is just a natural extension of parenting. Lord, help us not to make it more complicated than we need to, but to keep it simple and beautiful and enjoy this time with our kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 